Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast, where we feature unscripted interviews with graduates of the United States Military Academy Class of 1991. The Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast with your host, Jamie Schleck, starts now. Beat Air Force. What a weekend. This was awesome. Uh, coming off of one of those positive, just amazing, amazing weekends. Got to see a bunch of classmates and got to see Army be guaranteed to at least hold the Commanders in Chief Trophy for one more year uh, and beat Air Force 17 uh, 14. The winning field goal was by one of our classmates' sons, John Abercrombie Jr., kicked, uh, kicked the field goal in the uh, second half to keep us, uh, keep us in the lead. But let me tell you, it was a it was a very very close uh, game, and arguably, uh, we got our butts kicked in the second half. I mean, we we defense won the game. Um, we we managed. I mean, thankfully, in the first half, they were knocking at the door right at the end of the half, and we got a we got a, we got an interception right on the goal line. That would have that would have been total game changer. And then. Um, and then, so it was 14 nothing at the half. We were ahead, and then we only won 17-14. So second half, think about it, they beat us 14-3 in the second half. And some, some, of, the, some, of, the, some of our classmates that might be better uh, football technical uh, students of the game might know this a little bit better than me, but it seemed like they just really had our number in the second half. Like, they're, like they were just tearing up our defense, like left and right. Uh, towards the end of the second half, I think we kind of learned what we were doing, but... It, like they mixed things up. I saw like I saw plays I had never seen before, like a bootleg, bootleg option. Uh, they were running and and they were we were trying to like protect the middle with his own defense. And they kept on just you know throwing these little eight to twelve yard passes, and so like we were not able to stop them very very well in the second half. And thankfully we held on. And young John Abercrombie, firsty, uh, did it again. He. Um, I, I saw a picture of him posted last week, or like you know, I, I, it was posted actually, or like like physically posted, not posted on social media, like f- posted on the wall uh, up at the Kimsey Center as the um, the player of the week last week against uh, uh, Miami of Ohio. I think we beat, and uh, so anyway, he's having a tremendous season. I, I was trying to get John Abercrombie to actually be one of our guests. And I, hopefully, I'll get him on before the football season's over because I'd really love to hear what the perspective is of. You know, being a being a grad, being a dad, being a dad of a kid that's kicking these these field goals, I don't, like it's got to be a high stress environment. So. Just out of curiosity, Jamie, yeah. you guys bet on these games at all? No. Any- well, actually, I bet. Well, I bet against. I bet. Uh, I bet. I bet some money this weekend against an Air Force guy. Yeah, okay. but like, but um, you know, Army Navy's always got these crazy bets. I, I had this. I in fact, I have this thing going with a guy. He's a. Um, He's a Naval Academy grad, like seventy five or something. He's my former CFO, my former company, mm-hmm. and so every year at the board meetings, we'd have to retire the bet, and like the loser would have to buy, uh, the the loser would have to pay the winner a dollar, but the winner would have to pay the loser, have to give them some sort of paraphernalia from their school, right? Okay. And so, um, so during that whole dark period where Army lost 14, 14 straight uh, games. I bought this guy cufflinks. I bought him underwear. I bought him hats and scarves and everything. <laughs> a whole new wardrobe. A whole new wardrobe. Yeah. Finally, 
finally we won the last two, and I proudly wear that Navy stuff. Uh, in fact, Brent Crabtree was busting my stones this summer because he saw a picture of me with a uh, with a Navy with a Navy shirt. He's like, "Are you, are you under duress?" <laughs> but the reality of it is, I, I proudly wear that because that's like the spoils of war. Yeah. So. But anyway, this was a great weekend, and we have a great guest tonight. Uh, my buddy, uh, Colonel Ralph Paredes, uh, Company C4, Infantry Officer, Career career Army Officer. Uh, Ra- Ralph, you on the line? I am, Jay. Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, and so... Joe, thank you for... Oh, thanks for joining them. Yeah. Um, Ralph, so great to have you on the line here, too. I mean... Uh, I, I, I th- this this came together really just this morning actually because uh, I we were trying to I was working around with some other guests and some other schedules and and uh, for some reason oh I was because I I think I sent you an email I uh, just wondering if you're going to be out of the Air Force because I've been trying to get together with you we keep missing each other when you come out when you come out to the East Coast the last two times I missed you and I said by chance you're going to the Air Force and then you replied to me no I'm not and then I was like oh shit he'd be a great guest to have on the on the podcast and so this all came together today right Ralph. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, I I was at my daughter's soccer game, and you know, texting you, and then you had your son's soccer game today. So, uh, how did he do in his game? Actually, you know, so it's funny that. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having and for the invitation, and the opportunity to, uh, to you know to join you here tonight and connect with other classmates. But uh, to answer the 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 question uh so my my son was playing at a uh, soccer game in in Austin so it's going to be actually almost two hour drive north of Austin so we live in San Antonio and then at the last minute Kathy my wife said hey you know what what don't I take and then you got some stuff that you got to do and everything else and we'll be racing back and and um and so she did she did then she calls me back she's like oh they cancel the game she had gotten all the way to the other <laughs> two hours away and then they cancel the game so they have to come back so yeah so they didn't play. But, uh, that sucks. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So everybody like all the parents are asking you know they forced they should have you know they forfeited the game they want to know the answer I'm like why would you want to do that well, you should be want wanted to play them beat them but have them come out here to play us I'm telling you yeah I'm not driving up there. No. That happened to me last week. You know, welcome to youth sports. I mean, it's just it's a pain. But my son, <laughs> my son plays AAU basketball. Same thing happened last week. We drove an hour and a half up to the game. It was a, a tournament. Just to find out that, that that our bracket somehow collapsed or whatever, it got uh, the game got canceled at nine a.m. The next game was four p.m. I was like, oh my god, this, I just you know that that's just I that was a poorly yeah. a poorly run tournament. That that whole thing was that was bullshit. So, but uh, well, sorry to hear about that. That's that's too bad. Yeah. And and so your son, uh, you said his name is Zach. I think you said right. Yeah, Zach. Yeah, Zach. Yeah, he's your Zach, oldest. Oldest. Yeah, he's he's mm-hmm. nine. You said right? Nine. Yeah. Wow. Nine years old. And then you have what? A daughter next? I think. No, Alex Alexander. Oh, another boy. Two boys. Okay, cool. And how old is he? Yeah. Well, uh, he's seven. Oh, cool. Of course, as, as, as Kathy, my wife would say, uh, three boys. She's got three boys. Well, of Nothing course. Her. Yeah. <laughs> she's she. Well, she gets to be the queen bee, and that like she's the uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's God uh, bless you. Yeah. Um so I'm looking on our on our page here. We got uh quite a few people joining here. We got Holly, Terry Rice, Paul Smolchek, uh Musso George. Um I know Steve Havel was just pinging me looking trying to find out how do I get on this podcast. I, I don't know if he's a member of our uh class page. I, I think that uh Scott Clemenson and Brad Woods, a few other people are on. So uh 
if Steve Havel is not on this page, he can't hear it live, but he can hear he can catch the replay. Do you, do you know Steve Havel? Ralph? I do. I yeah. do. Yes, he, I do. He was uh, actually he he was in the same battalion with me when we were supporting you guys in Korea. You guys are first at five third, yeah. So he probably was out in the field with yeah. you a few times, right? Yeah, so actually, I think I, I I ran into him last time. I was in a in the, a break for break. Oh wow! Yeah, because he was yeah engineer, right? You guys were engineers. Yeah, engineers. Yeah, I took over yeah. his platoon yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so I know that I I know that he probably saw you out in the field because I saw you out in the field uh, quite a bit. So <laughs> either that or eight day one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, we were not by Itaewon. We were out. We were out of Camp Camp Giant, so we had. Uh, I think it was called Papuanri. It was our little our little uh, place to go down and range and get in trouble. That was that was the place. Oh yeah, yeah. But everybody went to Itaewon. The week. Oh, oh, Itaewon. Yeah, Itaewon was that was the soul. Like the uh, class, the trip. Yeah, it was like the trip session. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Dong Dushan. That was the other yeah, place, like, right? Dong Dushan. Yeah. Somebody always oh, Scott Clemens told me that Dan Clevenger called him the mayor of Dong Dushan because he was always downrange, um, and he spoke Korean. Both those dudes spoke Korean, so they were like totally set up there. You know, they were like the ambassador, the American ambassadors to uh, to the to the um, status of the status of forces agreements or something, getting people uh, you know sprung from the from the clink down there. Yeah, but so, I love that. You know, that that is the the um, to be honest with you. Um, didn't want to go to Germany. I don't know why. I mean, now, now I, I just, it was a bad decision. I mean, it's a great decision that, you know, it would have been awesome to go to Germany, but I didn't know at the time I just wanted to go to the Rio Patrol and the DMZ when we picked um, our, our post. But Germany, we were not patrolling the folder gap anymore. So that's why I wanted to go to um, Korea. And that, uh, But I fell in love with the Army after that, that tour, you know. And, um, and so uh, that, that's what made it for me. So... Fun, fun times. Where'd you go after Korea? So then I went to uh, Fort Stewart. And um, so I went from Air Assault to, to Mech. Mm-hmm. And then and then I was able to, um, um, in October 3rd, we flew out the IRC, the Anita Ready Company, to uh, Mogadishu in support of the, you know, the Tech Mountain, the Rangers mm-hmm. uh, in, in Somalia. Back in '93, mm-hmm. yeah, so I went from, and then then I went back light. I went to 82nd as the captain, um, you know, company commander then. Wow, enterprise. So actually, that that uh, that that reminds me of something I just read today. I wanted to read it today. I, I, I want to read it on the on the uh, on the podcast here because I was I was reading the book, uh, just kind of doing a little bit of homework. Uh, Absolutely American, and uh, for those who don't have Absolutely American, it's a book by. What's his name? Lipsky, I think. P- Steve Lipsky. Yeah, David Lipsky. David Lipsky. Yeah, he's a he's a uh, he's a writer for Rolling Stone, and uh, West Point gave him like full access to to everybody uh, to be able to to uh, get a insider insider's view of West Point back in the day. And uh, I think I don't know if West Point regretted it or not, but you know he actually you would expect some you know lefty liberal from Rolling Stone of probably you know trash the the military academy but he actually fell in love with it and and talked a lot about all the good things but um i love uh i love this quote i got right in front of me it says uh, like many evangelists captain Pretis 
came to the faith the rough way. As a young officer, he flew to a hot landing zone in Mogadishu of Black Hawk Down, where he received an education in contrast. Smashed buildings, fine white beaches, starving locals, soldiers strolling on the base in Teva sandals and shorts. Uh, then he spotted the bandage heads, the Joes on crutches. Taking it, easy is a ba- taking it easy is a bad habit. Relaxing can get you hurt. And that was the uh, that was the ethos, the mentality through which you um, you you approached being a attack officer at West Point. Um, I found that to be uh, pretty insightful, and uh, I was I was I was really uh, taken aback by those words, and uh, proud to 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 know that you uh, you know took the um, your experience of of kind of being in a combat zone and making sure that cadets uh, understood that, uh, that that this was serious business that that they had signed up for. That's right, you know, and and like I used to say that the, my loyalty was to the soldiers that that um, for the cadets when they graduated they were going to serve right and lead, and uh, and so therefore I wanted to make sure that uh, they were you know they got the best mm-hmm. the soldiers got the best leaders that they could get you know. Yeah, that is a pretty powerful way to think through it. Like in terms of like what West Point's role is, it's really to turn out leaders and to be able to be the leaders of the sons and daughters of America. And you're coming back from having led them already. You probably had this strong, even stronger allegiance. Not not that you have a strong allegiance to one versus the other, but you recognize the point that you know this is all this is serious business, and especially at that time too. Because tell me that you were there. Were you there during 9-11, or was it right after 9-11 that you got there as a TAC officer? Yes, uh, yeah, no, it was a, it was a brand new TAC, uh, 9-11, when it happened. So, you know, so when we left, you know, um, we didn't think that we were going to get, you know, we we're going to go to combat, you know, and then we did, right? You know what I'm saying? And some of us, you know, um, and so, um, and the same thing, and then everything calmed down, you know, we were building the partnership for peace in the 80s, you know, the 82nd, we were training with the, um, the Uzbeks, the Kazakhs, and the Kyrgyzstanis. You know, I got to jump into Kazakhstan, we are building a rapport with the, you know, partnership for peace for the Uzbeks. And then 9-11 hit, and the first place that we were able to establish the intermediate staging base was in Uzbekistan, so we can jump off from there to, you know, leapfrog into Afghanistan. But yeah, so I was... <clears throat> on 9-11, I was uh, counseling. Uh, I was doing counseling with cadets, all my new cadets, you know, and getting to know them. So were you, and, uh, wait, so we're, like, 9-11, so 9-11 happened, you, like, beginning of an academic year. Were you their brand new TAC, or had you taken over, like, mm-hmm. a year before? You were their brand new TAC. No, no, I'm brand new TAC, yeah, for G4. So you just met, it's G4, the guppies. Yeah, yeah, so I spent the summer um, going through records, you know, um, trying to, get to know the cadets, you know, and trying to identify those cadets that would, you know, were flying through, you know, below the radar. Mm-hmm. Those were, you know, the ones that I was going to try to help out, spend a lot of time with. And, um, and so, um, yeah, so I was counseling and, and uh, I, Chuck Crumweedy, another one of our classmates walks in and interrupts. He goes, Hey man, sorry to interrupt, but, uh, we've just been attacked, you know, uh, two planes just hit the, the twin towers, you know, were you in your office or so, where, where were you? I was in my office. Yeah. Yeah, I was in my office counseling cadet. And he was a he was also TAC officer. Yeah, he was a TAC, and we were both had done the uh, tactical officer education program. So we got you know the first you know the, the year prior, and we were got to get you know we got to be pretty close. So, so that year. let's just back up one second. There, there, so that so that that takes place at Long Island University, right? Does, does every yeah, TAC the, the way they did it, 
Yeah, you know, it changed, changed over the years, right? So it was, it was done at West Point, mm-hmm. but to the Long Island. So the Long Island University will bring their instructors mm-hmm. to West Point. I think they do it through Columbia now. I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, but it's changed over the, the years. But back then, it was uh, through Long Island University. And then you, you, got, you graduated with the degree of Master's of Science in Counseling and Leadership Development. And of course, I didn't. I didn't. I, didn't, um, I enjoyed the counseling aspect, but the, not the therapeutic counseling. Just the you know, the performance counseling aspect of it. Let's say. Mm-hmm. So. Speaking of counseling, you know, um, I don't know if I I posted this. Some people saw it, maybe not. But um, you know, Vince Lindemeyer, uh, he kind of uh, encouraged me to participate with him in this uh, Movember November to grow a, a mustache and a, and a, you know, to do physical activity for, for, for a year. I mean, for a, for a, for a month, not for a year. Well, for a year, I'll be, I will be physical for a year. <laughs> I'm not totally giving up on working out. Let me tell you, but um, yeah, so 30 straight days of, uh, of working out for 30 minutes or more. And I also said that I was going to see counseling myself. So maybe this counts, maybe me talking to you, certified counselor. <laughs> Maybe I can check that box. Or, or you helping me out, brother. You helping me out. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's. I think it's mutual. Um, speak, <laughs> speaking of mutual, maybe maybe here's a good point to maybe take a step back. I, first of all, for those who are on the line here on Facebook, just give me a thumbs up that you can definitely hear us. Because so I see. I see initially we had a stutter, a stutter start, and then it kind of started going again so hopefully everybody's able to hear us i think i see us like kind of in two different sections on facebook hopefully it's hopefully it's going good i think it is somebody tell me that we uh somebody give me a comment that that we're good to go no no i don't think we're in the wrong group i just i don't I, there's almost like there's two instances of it well that was the first one where it, it yeah insane. right okay so i think we're good i think we're, oh yeah i got a thumbs up from chris smith do you know chris smith Ralph? Chris Smith. Yeah. He's from B3. Yeah, I mean, from he's a boxer. He, okay. He's, he was like, yes, like a yes, brigade yes, champion yes. boxer. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he's uh, a second to, to picture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's on. He's on the line. Um, he's another one. I'm, yeah. Another dude I'm going to get on this thing at some point. He's got an interesting, <laughs> he's got an interesting career. Yeah, okay. he, he, I mean, like we, our careers tracked each other a lot. We were in Korea together. We were in the reserves together. So we had some stories of like reserve ATs and stuff together. We're in New York City around the same time. And then we just kind of, you know, crossed paths back and forth. But he ended up, he took a, he's, he was in the Obama administration like all eight years as like a, you know, um, congressional appointed uh, person and uh, in the Department of Energy. And so he's got some great stories. I'm oh, sure. Nice. Gonna, yeah, yeah. Definitely going to want to hear about those. I'm going to have to pick his brain, you know, yeah. give him a call. Yeah. You could definitely go meet him in D.C. and go drink some beers and you can yeah. kill, kill some brain cells together. That'd be good. He's always good for that. Yeah, yeah. He's always good for that. But anyways, so just kind of going back to the 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 arc of this podcast and the reason for why we're doing this is that you know we have so many great stories to tell among our class. Everybody, I think, has a great story, uh, not just about West Point, but of their journey either before and after West Point as well. And we want to be able to use this medium as a way to foster those great connections uh, and to uh, and to basically be a support structure for one another. We want to be able to highlight uh, the great accomplishments of our classmates and where necessary to also lift them up uh, with, when they need uh, assistance. Uh, we also want to remember our fallen classmates, which is a big, big 
part of this um, purpose of this of this podcast is you know we've been, we've had the opportunity to talk about some of our classmates that are no longer with us and we've even kind of stumbled on a couple topics that I think are of interest to our classmates you know things like transition things like uh, mental health awareness uh, so those are things that we're also addressing and then finally. I say this lastly, but it's probably, it's a byproduct, but it's also my primary reason for starting this, which was the, um, our class gift, which is coming up on our 30th reunion. Uh, we have a goal to be the most, uh, generous class in the history of the Academy. That means, uh, the highest that anybody's ever given as a participation rate in a 33 year, 30th year reunion gift was 88%. So when I heard that from AOG, I said, well, 91 is higher than 88, and that would be pretty cool if we could set the standard and be 91% participation rate. And so we have kind of a we have a plan to get there. Um, just recently, this past week, we broke out some um, responsibilities among classmates uh, of each company. So each company now has kind of like an ambassador that is going to kind of follow up with the classmates who have not given. Um, in order, and we have a goal to get to 67% participation rate by the end of this year. Currently, we're at 50, just about 55%. So I think if we get to 67%, that would be a good interim goal. We've got a, about 30 more months to our 33 union, and so uh, 67% seemed like the right number. And that means we need to get about 103 more classmates to give this year that have not given. That's about three or four per company, and so those uh, ambassadors, they have their mission, and uh, I think that uh, we're making some good progress. So I think we're going to get there for 67% for this year, and I think we're going to also get to 91, so I'm pretty excited about that. So, Ralph, your uh, C4 Cowboys, they're currently at uh, about 55% right now. So you guys are looking... Yeah, we just... uh, Yeah, yeah, no, I'm tracking. We just got uh, two, two guys that got shamed into, you know, be able to, to give back. Yeah. Financially. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, you know, uh, I think John Robb and, uh, Rob Craddock, uh, those are your two companies, right? right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so two of them, I think together, I've taken the responsibility to kind of bird dog that down. So, uh, so that's good. So, so we're making good progress there. Is C4 still the Cowboys? That's kind of a, that's kind of a, you know. Yes. Like a, yes. You know, we're very proud of the fact that, it was that everybody hated our, our model, right? Mm-hmm. Our, you know, so go Cowboys, fired up C4, yeehaw, right? You know, so, so, so it was just obnoxious. Uh-huh. But uh, we kind, loved it. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like go naked for E4, right? Or, and, so I also, I also read in the, in that book that you wanted to change the motto of the, of the guppies, that the gu- you thought the guppies were like too, uh, like, you know, wimpy of a of a of a thing so we gotta, gotta... well it was uh you know they were the, the something of the you know the something of the, the creatures of the deep or something like that you know and it was just the cadet you know um culture but you know looking back i mean the cadets owned it you know to be honest with you you know but i, I was just trying to put you know kind of like anything else you just try to set set them on the path and help them out you know give them a left right limit you know and try to keep them in between mm-hmm. you know the bumper you know but uh yeah, yeah, I did. Um, and so half of half of the company kind of embraced it, you know, and then half of the uh, half of them didn't. You know, they wanted to fight back. So, mm-hmm. were they scrambling yeah. cadets at that time too for you? Like, yes, the, yes. What were they scrambling? I know it's changed a couple of times. What what was the what was the dynamic then? Yeah, I think that they were we were scrambling. Um, I think at, at, as yearlings and cows. 
yearlings and cows. Yeah. So the plebes and firsties mm-hmm. were the only ones that were there uh, constantly, yeah. and the oh, the whole middle was getting scrambled. Yeah. How'd that go? You know, um, you know, we had our, our theories as to um, it actually went well. I mean, you know, just costing, you know, co- you know, because that's to be in constant change, you know, and the opportunity to see other, um, get to know other people, other classmates. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, you know, you and I, are, you know, the fact that um, I kind of, you know, in, in a sense, I kind of regret the fact that I didn't get to know in our, in our, in our class, um, you know, some of our classmates and other regiments because we didn't get to scramble. Mm-hmm. You know, unless, like we're saying, unless we were playing intramurals together or in the same classes, you know, you, if you're in first, you know, in fourth grade, you probably didn't see each other much. Yeah, I, but I feel like I knew you at, at school somehow. I mean, we were trying to figure that out on the pre-call today. Like, what's the connection? It yeah. must be, maybe it's just the army, but I thought there was something more. But I, I don't know. So, well, you know, you know, it's funny. Uh, you, you you do get a, a good sense of nothing else. You know, like I said, I'm only good at a few things. I'm a good judge of character, and I, and I know how to pick a good party. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm here tonight. But, <laughs> but well, uh, thank you. But <laughs> but you know, we were you know we we get a good sense of good cadets, you know, who your good classmates were, you know, and, and so you, you kind of always looked up, you know, um, whatever they were doing. I just, that's what I remember from a lot of people, but Spe- I didn't really know them that well, but it's like, yeah, that guy, you know, I got a good sense. That guy's a, it's a good character, you know? Speaking of picking a good party, let me tell you, we had a great party yesterday at, uh, army air force. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, thank you to, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, Holly, Holly, and Mark West definitely, and I think the Shattens had a lot to do with it as well. Oh, and and, okay. and uh, you know, there's there's this whole section of like 91 uh, parking spots, and so I saw Anthony Noto's name there. He wasn't there, but mm-hmm. Kevin Kearns and uh, we had uh, Dave Walker was there, and and Easy Pete and uh, uh, Me Lynn, of course, and and Mike Pace and Scotty Halstead. Mark Beach. I'm actually looking at the picture on Facebook. That's why I can remember so well. Stacy Manning was there, who I haven't seen in years. And Elad Uran. Uh, who else? Uh, oh, Brian Post from uh, came all the way out from Denver oh, to yeah. school. Yeah. Oh, good. And um, Andy Russell, Andy Hall, Rob Blomquist. So it was it was a great time. I brought my two my two kids. My my son Luke, who's um, 15. He's about six two, and he just loves to make fun of me and uh my daughter grace who's like the apple of my eye and my sweetheart you know and uh so we get down there and luke turns to grace he goes this is dad heaven right here this this is dad heaven like a bunch of these guys and gals and pig because they had a pig roast and because dad's just in his glory and i was i had such a good time and um and then my my nephew is there too my nephew's uh is a yearling so they were having a good time talking to him and uh and then Fitzy was there. Fitzy had the um Fitzy had the uh the road guard vest on. He was a safety officer, mm-hmm. make sure nobody nobody uh, got hurt or turned their ankle into a ditch or something like that. So he was he was quite a mm-hmm. character. And then um my daughter says to me afterwards, Oh, that guy, um what's his name? K K Z Pete? I was like, No, it's easy Pete. And then <laughs> she says, uh, you know, he's he loves you. He said that if he was ever caught in a rabbit hole, he would want you to be in the rabbit hole with him. I'm like, rabbit hole? It's a foxhole. Like, my, my kids are so civilianized. They're, they're, there she, is like, she's thinking the Matrix. No, I don't know. She's not a rabbit hole. If you're, <laughs> rabbit if you're hole. ever in a rabbit hole, 
Easy P said he would want you in a rabbit hole. It's like what 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 rabbit hole? <laughs> a foxhole. <laughs> it's a foxhole. So uh. <laughs> but anyway, uh you would have I wish you could have been there, man. It was great. And uh hopefully I know, I know. I, they usually throw a good party like that once once a year, so if you get back to West Point, that's a good time to go. Like in November, whatever the big game is. Last year was Duke, um, I think, and this year it's uh, was, was yeah. Air Force. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I, I, so I got a call from Scott Hawker today. He said, "Hey, I hear you're the mystery guest. <laughs> There's not that much of a mystery here, but you already know who it is." So, um, but the, you know, so I told him that I was going to um, Army Navy this year. So I just, I just made the decision. Uh, a couple days ago. That's great. So, so yeah, no, but I, did, I need to go um, to West Point more often. I just, I've just been busy this, this uh, traveling quite a bit lately, and um, so I need to, you know, like I said, I got to watch my Zach's first soccer game of the season yesterday, so that was good. And so, tell me about what you're doing. Like, what you said, you're traveling a lot. So, what's the what what's all this? What's all the travel for? What's going on? Well, well, you know. Um, I, as I've transitioned, I've been, my, what I want to do in my second part of, you know, my next career is I want to promote national service. And um, I want to uh, inspire people and get people to, to get back to our country, you know. Um, and uh, because we, we're very, very lucky, that, you know, to, to have, um, to enjoy the benefits and privileges of being an Amer- American. And then, you know, when you think about uh, only about 1%, less than 1% serve in the military, and then you add, let's say, first responders, you, you throw in doctors, you throw in um, teachers, politicians, you know, it's, it's, you know um, very small percentage of people that are actually doing something, you know, positive. Um, there's a lot of volunteers, but so the question is, you know, the people, there are people that want to do something, but they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And there are people that want to do something good, but they can't afford to do it. So how do we do that? So. I've been, I've been volunteering with a lot of organizations, like the Mission Continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, service, service Your Alliance, uh, New Politics Leadership Academy, Team Rubicon. I was just down in, uh, in North Carolina in Lumberton a couple of weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. cleaning out some houses. So those are the kind of things that I've been, I've been doing, you know, just um, volunteering and, and seeing how the models work and, and you know, um, just figuring out, you know, how to, how to hook, how to get people, you know, like I had somebody that they say, hey, my son, he wants to do something, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to go in the military. Mm-hmm. So I can't, haven't talked to him. Haven't, haven't, haven't given me a call. Um, I can, you know, based on these, I can try to like link him up with other people because there's, there's organizations out there that are doing uh, great things. You know, whether they're helping people get a you know fellowship, gain some skills. Um, you know, and um, um, so there's already organizations doing that, mm-hmm. uh, but we just don't know enough about it, right? You know, and so that's what. How do we get the word out? How do we, you know? Get the funding, you know. There's all, all kinds of different things that, that are going on. So, where so, have you been? Besides, those, those so, like you, uh, so well, curr- well, you currently, you're in, you're in Texas, right? You, Austin, you live in Austin. No, San Antonio. San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. And so, where else have you been? Yeah, like been. with this, like in the last year, where, where have you traveled to? Oh my goodness! Oh, so I've been. Uh, let's see. So in February, I actually I got a call from Marty Barr, who's he's offered me um, a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a contractor, mm-hmm. uh, I said no thanks. You know, and then he called me back. He said, "Hey, but I know you don't want to move to Georgia, to Fort Benning, to Columbus, but can you come and help us out?" I said, "Yeah, sure." You know, so got to go to Korea for about uh, actually during the, uh, the second part of the Olympics, the Paralympics. 
okay. go on down there. We got to and do some do some training with the army and stuff. It was good. Um, and then um, I've been to I went to Colorado Springs. Uh, with the did a workshop with that organization called the Commit Foundation. They're doing great oh stuff. yeah yeah they're the best guy Philip Pelley's group yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, you know, and then um, in May, I went to D.C. Uh, on behalf of uh, Service Year Alliance that went to Capitol Hill and lobbied on behalf of the, uh, you know, the organization to reject. At that time, the White House had sent out a budget proposal, and it was eliminating national service. So all the programs like um, AmeriCorps, Peace Corps, Teach mm-hmm. for America, you know, Youth Build. All those things were going to go, you know, go away completely. So, um, so not only did we were successful and um, they rejected the, the budget proposal, but they added sixteen million dollars to the budget. So that's extra people that able to, that will be able to uh, participate in the program, you know, gain some skills and give back to the country. Another thing, you know, interesting enough that um, so there's like seventy five thousand slots under like AmeriCorps in the United States. And Texas, for instance, got to use twenty seven thousand. So over a third came people came to to help out here in Texas. And then when you do your year of service under AmeriCorps, doesn't mean you're done. So a lot of people had got recalled to uh, come on and fight the fires, um, and then and come out and help out during Harvey. And so uh, that was part of the reason that, that Texas got got a good chunk of uh, help mm-hmm. uh, last year. So, you know, these programs keep you give them back to our communities and give them back to our country, you know. And then and then I as I was telling you then we kinda of did um, went to uh, Boston, do some training with um New Politics Leadership Academy. And so what we're trying to do is uh, their goal is to, you know, uh, fix the politics and transform uh, a way of dem- you know, democracy by ensuring that we get servant leaders to run for office. So people have already demonstrated a commitment to country. So those are the veterans, you know, and people that have served also like the AmeriCorps Peace Corps. And so um, you see that there's more veterans that are running for office now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's a lot more. But, you know, that's, yeah, but, you know, when you look at it, there's 2 million Americans that have served in uniform since 9-11. So it's a, so. Yeah. Um, so we got, you know, so it's, a, it's, a, it's good work, though. I mean, that's you're changing the landscape. You know, if you get good people that run, you know, run for politics, running, you know, being servant leaders, um, then you'll change the way, you know, some of the, some of, you know, because really this is what I believe. I mean, you know, I come to this kind of sense of gratitude and responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, well, gratitude because uh, I came to the United States as a little kid from El Salvador. Um, Which I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. I want to, yeah. I want to put a pin in that because that's a very interesting part okay. of your, of your, of your history, but, um, uh, you know, you're, you're, you emigrated here when you were 11 years old, your family was escaping, uh, you know, a, a difficult situation in El Salvador. Um, and, uh, so I want, I want to hear about that, but, um, uh, but your, your point was that like, I mean, of all people like, um, to, to talk about trying to give back, um, you know, somebody that has, that has, uh, I, th- I think, seen firsthand the the power of this country, you know, and you got the you basically got to uh, um, go to West Point and serve in the military. I mean, um, you know, you were you were the, given a lot of opportunities, but what an awesome contribution you've given back, right? Through you know years of service, and then here you are, you've 
you transition out of the military, but you're all just focused on trying to, you know, give back and, and serve our country. It's just an amazing um, testimony. It's amazing testament to, to who you are, I think. Make me proud to be a West Point grad and your friend. Thank you. Thank you. Well, no, thanks. And, and I tell you, uh, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing, um, and it's been a great opportunity, a great honor, you know, and, uh, and you know, and having retired, you know, as a colonel, you know, so I said, you know, yes, people say, look at me as an example of the American dream, you know, because, you know, that I am an American, you know, an example of the American dream, but I tell people that that's not the story because my example, there's thousands of examples like mine in this country. The real story is about what a great country that we live in. That's the real story that gives people opportunities. And I get it. Not everybody has the same opportunities, right? But, but, um, but this is not, it's not a, a perfect country, right? It's the best country in the world, and it's got some issues. And that's why I believe that we need as many Americans as possible to be part of the solution. And that's why I am, I am wholeheartedly involved in, in trying to do this. Uh, and it's been a challenge, to be honest with you, but, but, it's, um, but, it's, but it's, it's, it's feel, it feels good. It's rewarding. You know, uh, it takes me back to the words again of our of uh, of uh, Lipsky. He mentioned uh, talking about you too. I'm going to read it out loud. It says the captain has marched through so many challenges in, in his own life uh, that uh, life that's what has left him a self made man and a self made man with impatience. He grew up in civil war, El Salvador crackdowns, assassinations, roving death squads. Uh, what he's learned is that any obstacle you encounter, push it aside. That just leaves the shoving muscle stronger. I think that's a pretty good summary of uh, of of uh, of you, uh, the the Ralph the Ralph that I know. So, tell me, I mean, so eleven years old, you're eleven years old, and like, what's the situation? Your, your parents just say, "Hey, guess what? We're gonna move, uh, and uh, we're gonna pick everything up and just move to the U.S." Like, how did it happen? Yeah, you know, so, so, um, you know, it's funny that you just brought that because that reminded me of the stories, I guess, that I told David Lipsky, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I totally forgot it for a while. So, so at the time, my, my, my parents, you know, they had a business and, and everything and they didn't want to come here. So we had gotten, um, a green, green card, the opportunity to have a green card, you know, to immigrate, um, legally, mm-hmm. but my parents didn't want to leave everything and come live in the United States. So, but, um, things got so bad, um, at one point. Um, our house got shut, shut up. And my dad was outside, like he was going to put the car in. And, and, and then, uh, my little brother came out and said, be careful dad. And my dad walked back into the house and then the place where he was standing was all shut up, you know? Wow. And then the next door neighbor was uh, a colonel in the Salvadoran army and they put a big bomb. And I remember my mom coming. In. I remember like I went to my room, which is the furthest away and just putting my head on the bed thinking, you know, waiting for the explosion to go off, right? And then my, my mom just came, grabbed me and um, shoved us out of the house, you know, just to be safe, to, you know. And I remember seeing the, the bomb as I, as I walked out, you know, just like, wow. So those The are bomb blew that, up? Um, the house blew up? No, they, they came. They came and, and they, they um, deactivated it. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But then I think that at that point, my, my parents said, you know what, uh, none of this matters. Mm-hmm. If we if something happens to anybody in the family, and so <clears throat> so then my parents made the decision to just move to the United States, and we left like we were going on vacation. We just left like for for vacation, you know, just suitcases, and we came. And then um, and my, my mom went. My parents went back and, and sold stuff, filled the 
the houses and, you know, the business and, and everything what, else. What kind of business was it? So my dad had a, uh, an import export and, um, from all, all parts of the world and then an advertising specialty, which is, you know, doing, mm-hmm. um, kind of like, uh, yeah, like, like, uh, know, trinkets, key, key rings, key right. rings and frisbees, you know, and they, they imprint right. the business, the logo and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so then, so, so did you guys leave like you're going on vacation to not be, um, to not like raise any suspicions? Like, Hey, you're just going on vacation. No, or, no, no, no. Just, we just left. We just left the uh, email, uh, and left and, um, and, and you know, just didn't want to wait around. So is you, is you, and, so you I, have I, a brother? I was, was, yeah, I had a little brother, um, uh, a younger brother and a younger sister. Okay. So my sister is two years younger than my, than me. And then my brother was seven years younger than me. Okay. Know? And what are they doing now? Uh, my sister lives in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my brother lives in, uh, Los Angeles. Okay. So, so they, so if you were 11 and they were like, Whatever, nine and nine two. and three. All right, three, okay. Four, yeah. Yeah. So your brother probably has almost no recollection of this at all. Um, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. So then you, your parents moved to California, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what was that like? So you're so did you speak English? <laughs> no, I had to learn English, right? <laughs> immersion, you know, full immersion. That's the way that works. You know, mm-hmm. it's awesome. And so I get that first year I got to go to uh, public school, sixth grade. And then after that, I went to, my parents put us through Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, seventh, uh, you know, and then I went to, you know, boys Catholic school and, and then, and then I went to West Point. So, yeah. So I wore uniforms all my life. Cause then I found I was, I went to Jesuit school. <laughs> really? So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's all about, um, discipline. <laughs> So, yeah, it's good. Good times. Good times. Did it, did did it ever? Uh, was there any military uh, heritage in your family prior to you going to West Point? My my grandfather's on my dad's side. Mm-hmm. He had been in the military. I guess he was a major in the Salvadoran uh, Army. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but you know, my dad didn't didn't want to take to the military because the military at that time, um, you know, the following, uh, you know, several, um, after my grandfather, you know, generations, you know, were corrupt. And, uh, so didn't believe in, in, in doing that. Yeah. Kind of like, like Lipsky, you know, he gets, he, he, his parents had, um, <laughs> he had all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, preconceived notions about the military, but after, you know, spending four years at West Point, he, you know, it changes his perspective and the prejudice that he had about the military. So what was what was West Point's take on that whole book? I mean, I think that they generally liked it, right? They thought it was it was well done and it was reflected yeah, in the academy yeah. good light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, you know, you just got to be able to put things in perspective. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that didn't like it because um, it showed a lot of the dirty, you know, dirty laundry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so the book is all news, right? You know, but the was not changes the cadets. The cadets are still great, you know, um, you know great young men and women that come from all backgrounds or walks of life, um, just like when we were there. And, you know, one of the things that Lipsky did say, you know, was that um, he also did a lot of, a lot of um, articles on youth, you know, on, on other colleges. He's done a lot of articles and stuff. So he, that's why he got picked to go to West Point. You know, he got drafted for that. But he said of all the young people that he had met, 
that the West Point were the most cynical college students that he ever witnessed, but they were also by far the happiest. Something right. that. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, no, no, I, I saw that too. And then I think there's also like a study magic. about that. There's also a study that the happiest the happiest college kids are West Pointers, which is unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> I talked to my nephew yesterday. Yeah. My nephew was talking to my, 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 my daughter and my son and goes, you know what? He goes, I hate this place. I absolutely hate this place. He <laughs> <laughs> goes, but then when I go home, I miss my friends and I miss this place. It's because it's the craziest feeling. It's like... I act like right now I'm standing here and I hate it. But if I was home, I would miss it. I was like, wow, that's kind of, you know, that's, that's deep. And it's, it's probably kind of the way that uh, we all were, you know? Yeah. You, you, it's hard, right? You resent it. It's not easy. Right. But then you, you, um, you get so much out of it fulfilling. And, and, you know, at the time, you know, you're not, we're not mature enough to make sense of all that, right? So uh, we, we resent it and we don't appreciate it, right? Until you've left. And then mm-hmm. you're like, wow. That's what, you know, that's what that, um, my experience is all about now. You know, that's what it's determined to do this or look at the friends that we've got. I mean, you know. Right. So. So uh, going back to West Point when you were a TAC officer. So you went there as a single officer. You had not, you had, not tied the knot yet. You were basically just, yep. uh, and so I was fighting it. Sp- <laughs> I was running away. I was running. <laughs> Spending every weekend heading down to New York City, right? That was like the place to be. Yeah, that uh, was. Yeah. And then nine eleven happens, and um, everybody tries to reconnect with one another once again. Like uh, I remember this too. Like I remember like like I haven't talked to that person in like two years. Like I want. I, like hope they're okay. Like or. Like you're afraid to dial their home number, or their like you want to you dialed their their cell phone numbers, like to just see if they. So, so you got reached. Somebody reached out to you, right? At that time, uh, who who was that? Uh, my wife, Kathy. Now, mm-hmm. yeah. So we um we had met when uh, she, I was we were firsties. She was a, a freshman at um, Pace University, Briarcliff. So it was a group of um of girls, young girls, you know, young ladies. And then a group of us that we hung out, you know. So they were, uh, Kathy and her friends were like, oh, on the equestrian team. So somebody had figured out, I think it was Scott Cruz, you know, he was prior service, a little more whirly, you know, <laughs> and, you know and, uh, he's like, oh, I think I'm just going to go check out the, uh, the women that ride horses, you know, or something. I don't know. But, you know, so then. He was on the, um, equ- was he on the equestrian team? I think he might have been no, on the equestrian No, he was not on the question. No? No, no, but, no, but I think, um, but, yeah, I don't. I don't remember him being in the question team, but um, Luke Luke Kinetic was uh, one of the mule riders, though. Okay. Do you remember Luke? Yes. But yeah. So anyway, um, so I remember Kathy uh, being like the nicest girl in the, in the group, you know, and everything else. And then um, uh, we. So I get uh, after nine eleven, I go home to California, not uh, on my parents, and get a um, a Christmas card from Kathy. So she was reconnecting with everybody. She said, I'm going to send notes to everybody. And then luckily my parents had not moved at that time. And so I said, hey, guess what? I'm in, um, so I sent you an email. I'm at, I'm a, I'm a West Point. You know, and they came and they we try to link up and go for uh, I used to say, let's go have a hot dog at the corner. He's <laughs> like, oh, that's exactly why I don't want to, you know, meet up with you again. But uh, no, but uh, so we ended up reconnecting and, and going to, um, uh, we did a 5K race. Um, there was a Scandinavian festival 
and uh, we we did the race and and we hung out and and we started dating. And so, and if it would, I'd tell you that you know, so that's thirteen years after we had met, and, and that if anything would have happened in between those thirteen years, it never would have worked. So, so, so at some point, she decided that she was going to sign up for a lifetime of charity work. Cause God bless her. <laughs> so, I mean, and now that's that's the, the other thing too that's interesting about this is that, like, I mean, at that point, you're both pretty established. You're like late twenties or early thirties or something, right? And so you just kind of whisk her away into an army life. I mean, that must have been a pretty significant adjustment for her. So, so, so yes. So, funny story, right? So, um, so I was I was thirty five when I got married. Mm-hmm. So, um. And she's she was must have been thirty two. She's three years younger than me. So anyway, so the we were going to go to um, Korea. I knew my assignment was going to be in Korea, going back to Korea for major. Okay. And so she was going to come along and everything else. So I was like, Kathy, I realized, um, you know, I'm just filling out the paperwork for my for the sponsorship. We've got to be married. You know, the army doesn't operate on on faith. So uh, Kathy came out to Columbus and we got married. Um, you know, in the Columbus. City Hall, and so we submitted the paperwork and everything else. And so, I had heard rumors that uh, the guy, the unit in Korea, the, the, the unit in Korea was going to go to Iraq. And I was like, "No way!" There's they'd be like scraping the bottom of the barrel, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, sure, I, I looked at CNN, the news of CNN. And I was like, you know, the, the first brigade, whatever you know, so on. And so, I, so I googled, you know, what unit that was, you know, there was, and all the other subordinate units. I was like, "Oh, that's my unit." So I called Kathy and said, "Hey, guess what? Um, you're not coming to Korea." She had, she had just gotten her um, hair done, and then you know the, the the you know like eleven or fourteen days prior, because he wanted to make sure that you know didn't mess it up. Right. And so she was all happy. She coming out of the salon. She had uh, quit her job. And she was a director of HR for a small company in, in New York, and and then um, and then um, and she had rented an apartment. And then I said, she's like, what does that mean? I said, that means you're not coming with me. You, you know, we're going to have to figure this thing out. So I'm going by myself. Wow. And so when, when, Wait, when so came, you're, yeah, so you're newly married and you're saying I'm out of here. <laughs> like, they, yeah, but, wow. but yeah. So we had not had the, the wedding, right? You know, mm-hmm. the big wedding. So we were having the big wedding. So I fly out and, um, I get a phone call and I was like, Hey dude, have you checked your email? You know, check it out. You know? And so the buddy of mine, um, and he said that we're, you know, we're no longer going to Korea. We're, we're diverted to go to Fort Polk to stand up the striker brigade. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, it's exactly what I want to do. I wanted to do strikers and, uh, but not a Fort Polk. Mm-hmm. And then, so Kathy's like, what does that mean? I said, uh, well, this is the army's wedding gift to us to get to spend the first year of our lives together. You know, mm-hmm. we're not going to do it. And then everybody started saying, you know, well, uh, Iraq is a lot better than, than Fort Polk. Come on, please work. <laughs> and so, yeah, so Kathy didn't know, you know, and so we, we get to go to uh, Fort Polk. Uh, so she, um, yeah, she left her life in Manhattan and um, went to live in Fort Polk. And, and we loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, why, loved, do, why do people say Fort Polk? Why does Fort Polk suck so bad? Like, why do people always, they're so, they're so down on Fort Polk? Cause there's nothing to do there. Um, there, you know, there was no, there was no restaurant in a nearby vicinity that, uh, that had any, um, tablecloths. It was all fast food for the most part. Mm-hmm. The first, the, uh, closest Starbucks was like 45 minutes away. 
Um, and it just, you know, um, but we loved it. We loved the unit. We had a great time. So we used yeah. to go, we used to do, Kathy and I single, you know, with little kids. We used to go to Houston, three hours away. Mm-hmm. So we got to do a lot of good things. You know, we got to travel. Um, we went to, I took Kathy to go with, to another friend of mine. We went to the Angola, Angola prison rodeo. I don't know how I'm still married, I tell you, but <laughs> newlyweds, I took her to the Angola prison rodeo. And, uh, yeah. So we get to see a lot of uh, um, parts of the country that I had not seen. So it was great. Yeah, I think um, like I, I, Fort Fort Leonard Wood was like that sucked. I was at Fort Leonard Wood, and but it's because I was a single officer, right? So the, it was like 134 miles to St. Louis and 85 miles to Springfield, and everything in between was just you know farmlands and you know nothing to do, and like and barbecue, like barbecue places. And uh, as a single officer, that that was that sucked, but. Now I think about like there's also lakes and there's fishing and there's hunting and there's all these cool things to do that I had no interest in. Yeah. But if I were there now, I'd be like, oh, this is like mecca. This would be like so much fun. Um, for yeah. you know, if you're not if you're not out there trying to chase you know chase chase women uh, like we all were when we were lieutenants, um, you know, it, like now it's like it'd be great great family time being out there. But Lake of the Ozarks and whatnot, that'd be a good spot to be. So, uh, yeah, you know, at some point you, 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 you do, do uh, different, um, you can experience different, uh, ways of life, right? You know, see the, the big city, you know, New York, yeah. you no longer go out to the, to the, you know, to the, to the, to the rural area, Absolutely. the heartland of America. Yeah. So, Absolutely. so your folks, are they still in, uh, California? They are, they are, they're, um, they moved the, more, um, they're no longer in LA County now, they're in, uh, uh, Ontario, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what'd your what'd your parents do when they moved here? I mean, did, did they still have the connections in the advertising specialty business that they were able to get it going so, back up here? Yeah, again? my dad, my my dad stood, stood up the business. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. So he probably the same vendors, same contacts. He just needed to find new customers here in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, know, you know, different companies. Absolutely. Um, so no longer did the, you know, the, the, there was not, not importing stuff here to the United States, but, you know, um, but, uh, but, yeah, exactly. Does he know, still have that business? Thing. No, no, no. My dad's retired. He's retired? Yeah, he's taking care of my mom for now. She's, um, she had uh, Parkinson's, she's, she's been, she's had Parkinson's since, um, pretty much since I graduated, since I remember, wow. since I, I remember coming out of ranger school. I remember last when I heard the news. Mm. That she had Parkinson's, and then uh, so she had like a man you know, affected by dementia, by dementia. Oh, I'm since, sorry to uh, hear that. Five, so, yeah, so she's all bad, you know. But my dad, I feel bad for my dad. You know, he's the one that's doing, you know. So I, I go, I go see them a couple times, you know, several times a year. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, thank you, thank you. No, yeah, it's, it's tough, but she's she's hanging in there tough. Now. I don't, I don't mm. you know. And Kathy's an uh, East Coast girl, right? She's uh she's from New York area. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. But well, she was living in New York. She's yeah. living, you said, on Pearl Street yeah. or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we still have that apartment down there. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. very it's cool. A, it's changed. The neighborhood's changed so much. Yeah. It's beautiful. We were just down. We took the kids this summer. Remember, you were going, you left, or you were going somebody's uh, right. promotion. Yeah, yeah. I was going to Moose's um, promotion, I think. Or no, oh, yeah. ba- no Dave Baxter's um, change of command, I Dave think. Dave Baxter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a change of command. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, um... And then, yeah, so my, my kids were like, my youngest was like, so we went to uh, Long Island. My kids always go to, because Kathy grew up in the Brookshire, Stockbridge, Massachusetts. 
and it's just a beautiful area. So they always go the entire summer down there. And so, of course, they travel. You know? mm-hmm. and so I joined this I, you know, I was there with them for like 32 days. So we went from see John Monet, one of our classmates down in, um, uh, outside of Boston. Who's that? Then we went to Plymouth. John Monet, Monet he was one of our uh, 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 C4, but he left after um, a year and year. Oh, really? But you're still buddies with him? You're still yeah. friends with him? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know what's yeah. cool? For any classmates that are interested, like in this class list that I get from AOG, I get every mm-hmm. name of anybody who's ever been in the class of 1991, not just the ones that graduated. So I've got like, oh, you really? know, yeah, I got the whole list. Um, I, I don't have their contact information, but I got the list. So if you're ever yeah. trying to remember a name yeah. of somebody that left, you know, plebe yeah. or something, I, I have the list. Somehow yeah. that's in their database. Yeah, they keep that stuff. So yeah, we had a couple yeah, so good. We, we had a great time. There were some really good people that didn't finish. You know that I think about. I think yeah. I think I think about them a lot. Like Derek Canada. Uh, did you know Derek Canada? Yeah. 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 He should have. I just. I'm. I'm just so disappointed that he didn't. Uh, he wasn't given the opportunity to finish. Basically, but um, he would have been an outstanding officer. I think, and he was just a great guy. And. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm still friends with him, you know, and he's somebody to stay in touch oh, with. Good. Yeah. A few other people too. So but uh anyway, so and your your so your wife's family is they're still in Massachusetts, you said? They're they're, they're still in Massachusetts. And yeah. where'd you say that was? Sturbridge? No, Stepbridge. Stepbridge. Um in the Brookshire's, you know, down uh, at exit two in the in the Mass Turnpike. It's about forty five minutes from Albany. So it's Western Mass. Western Mass. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Moose George is just yeah, saying right. that that dude was a lacrosse player, I guess. John? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who was just telling you that? Moose. Musso George. Oh, Brig- yeah, yeah, yeah. Brigadier so, General. So, Brigadier yeah. General Musso George. Yeah, yeah. So, he was my um, classmate, yeah, you know. I mean, my classmate. He's Ivory's classmate. He's my roommate, Moose. Roommate? Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. Was, so John is a, it's a funny story though with John Monet because you know he had been um, he was a lacrosse player and he was struggling with academics and then he goes to Rutgers you know so he was not he was not starting um, at what do you call it lacrosse and you know and then he goes to Rutgers University and he starts he, he becomes you know he gets to be the the you know, the uh, academic you know the scholar athlete of the year he just totally like kicked ass over there you know he's doing really well. Yeah, some people. Some people you get them out. Of, you get them out of that place, and they just they excel. I remember this. We had this kid, Mark Card, who was just struggling. He just could not pass calculus. He's, I remember. I remember him just looking at those. They, they, we, we used to have our grades posted on the wall with our, our social security number and our grade. And you go there and you look at the, you know, and I look at him. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. as I do, Mark is I failed. He, he's, he's from uh, he's from South Carolina. I failed. I said, oh, that sucks, man. He goes, yeah, he goes. I am. And then he left. He went to Wake Forest and had a 3.9 in electrical engineering, and he's, you know, doing great. So. Yeah. Yeah. I should have failed, Cactus. <laughs> I got to be the first semester, man. Did you? <laughs> All I wanted to do was go home and see my girlfriend, you know. <laughs> I didn't care, but looking back, you get a better, you know, GPA. <laughs> you were a... How can you recover, right? At, I know. Five plus with a D. Oh man, it was terrible. Yeah. 
So what did you get? What was your GPA after plebe year? I wasn't in academic probation. I was like one one point nine nice. eight or something like that. Nice. One point nine two or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I was not doing too well either. I was <laughs> I was in a, I was two two something, but I was not too good back then. Plebe year sucked. I was not prepared. Yeah. I think I don't think my my public school my public high school prepared yeah. me. I was I got my ass kicked first first semester, and then I finally kind of got my got my groove after like yearling year or whatever. But um, and you were still so, you were civil engineering, the right? Skills, right? No, so I was. Um, I wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then I was like, look, I was like, like reality finally hit me, you know, in the face, you know, it's like I'm not going to be an engineer. I'm not going to go engineer corps. I'm going to go infantry. So why am I trying to, you know, be at two point zero 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 one? You know, and, you know, civil engineer. Nobody's going to hire me anyway. You know, mm-hmm. so I was like, you know, just do something. But it was like the thing of, you know, you don't want to quit, right? You know, you don't want to, you know. But I, it's like, hey, I, I've got to. So I picked um, foreign area studies. You know, and then and then I kept the civil track, and so I was the only non-civil major with all the with all the majors. Mm-hmm. So, so that was fun. I switched. Yeah. I I was originally I did I did something like that too. Originally, I was going to be like uh, whatever, like foreign policy or political science or something. So I had like all those advanced courses, like all teed up to take my Cal year at the last minute I switched to computer science. So my electives became, I got stuck in those classes with all those majors, but with all the people that were majoring in it who were like really hardcore like that. And then I, and then all the computer science stuff. But the cool thing was I was able to arrange my classes, um, Cal year for first and second semester so I only had morning classes. I was done with school every day at ten thirty in the morning, cow year. And we like the first the first three hours, both both days. I was like, man, if I could only have done this as a firsty, that would have been the best, you know. But because yeah. like you know, like morning classes are the time. That's the you got to be awake anyway. You can't go back and sleep because yeah. you got AMI. So you might as well exactly. be in class, and then you come back yeah. and you can sleep. That was great. That was a great year for me. <laughs> Good for you. That was yeah. awesome. But then, you know, it's funny that they have this. I hope it's reminding people of all the different um, that are listening. You know, those uh, our own experience, right? You know, because I totally forgotten some of the stuff that we're just having a conversation about. Yeah. You know, so, so back up. speaking of that, like, and also thinking about like, oh, this sucks while you're there, and it's great when you're not there, or whatever. Tell me about some of the times in your career where you've had to like harken back and think back to the like. There's like your West Point roots or something that you learned that like helped get you through like a difficult time. Like uh, e- either, I mean, I know you've been through some t- difficult situations. You've been in combat situations. You've been in situations where you, you know, tense situations or you've been separated from your family situations. Like what, what are the things that you think about that were like real trials in your life that you were able to get past because you have had this kind of Spartan upbringing? Well, you know, um, yeah, there were several, several times, um, sometimes, you know, you may not even seem, you know, you're not able to see the, the force of the trees, right. You know, so you just, you're just staring at what, you know, you're just in a knife fight. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but, you know, it all always, there was a few things that I remember. I, I came across some article about, you know, developing the, the warrior spirit at West Point. And so it was about, um, this judo guy, 
and he only had like three good moves, but he's awesome. And he's like, I don't need to have a whole bunch. I just need to have three good moves. But anyway, so the whole thing was, you know, you, you work hard and you continue to learn. And, um, you know, and I also, you know, the duty on our country, that speech by MacArthur always, you know, always, um, you know, inspired me to, um, when things got bad, you know, that, that you know, that um, people, you know, that we're going to make it because um, we had been trained and, you know, and, and could not quit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, you know, you kind of also, um, at the time, um, I mean, I guess, what does he say? You know, the long, the long gray line has never failed or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, we used to do so a million ghosts mm-hmm. uh, will rise, we'll rise up. in their graves. But yeah, uh, but then, you know, and, and I, at the time, you know, when I was growing up, I, one of the reasons I went to West Point, well, I wanted to go to the military. I wanted to give back, right, to this country. And the, way, the only way that I knew at the time I thought it was just to go to the military. I just remember seeing the Marines standing guard in the embassy in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to go to the Marines. But, but you know, so, the, you know, kind of and an interesting kind of thing is that, um, you know, there's other ways that you could serve our country, but some people don't know that, right? So you think it's the military and that everybody can go in the military. But I also thought I, I gained a greater appreciation. One of the reasons I also went is because I didn't, I didn't want to be at home. I, I couldn't get along with my dad. I didn't get along with my dad you know, at the time. And so, and then when I left, um, I started to understand uh, my father a little better, you know. And so, kind of like remind me of the quote of uh, you know of Mark Twain, like when I was fourteen, that I couldn't stand my old man, how stupid he was. And then when I turned twenty-one, I couldn't believe how how much the old man had grown and uh, learned in seven years, something like that, right? But yeah, so anyway, so those things, you know, that and the fact that my dad had, I was like, look, if my dad had picked up, just picked up everything and moved to the family with three kids. Speak the language. Uh, I mean, you know, um, that is a businessman, international know. You know? That I is, mean, that's that's like so. That was the example um, that I got. But but you know, but I mean, that the, the four years of being drilling into you, you know, just getting beat up, right? You know, and, and you got to get up every the next day, you know, and get up every day and, and go and fight, and you know, and never feel sorry for yourself. And when you did, it didn't it didn't it didn't matter. You know, it didn't it didn't make sense. <laughs> Would you? Could you? Oh, good. I'm sorry. No, the last thing I was going to say, you know, the other thing is, you know, at the end of the day, we were never alone, right? We had our friends. Mm-hmm. And we, were, we were sucking it up together. And that's what made it, like, um, not palatable, but that's what made it. We, we, we can make, you know, um, what was the word that I'm trying to But it just made it, you know, uh, you could make it through, you know, you know, so. Yeah. The, um, if you if, anything that you think about in hindsight, you would do differently, or like approach approach the situation from a different angle. I mean, either in the army or maybe as a tack officer or as a cadet. Like, anything, oh yeah, what would you take back? Yeah. So, so you know, say if you if you are able to go back and not change a thing, you probably haven't learned anything, right? Right. So I would tell you that as a cadet, I would I would I was a little bit too serious as a cadet. I don't feel, I don't know how you remember me as a cadet. But I remember myself. Uh, my my perception of looking back, I was too serious. I would I would I would love to go back and have more fun and mm-hmm. not, not you know. And then you know we didn't have as many clubs as they they do now. You know, and then the opportunities to go out and you know go to the city or do things as a kid, you know. But uh, I would take advantage of those things. You know, and try to have a better balance. Mm-hmm. A better balance. That's what I would do as a cadet. Mm-hmm. As a tech, yeah, as a tech, um, there were things. You know, sometimes I w- I was. Um, 
I was a little hard. I was, you know, and that was harder on, on the upper class, right? Mm-hmm. I was harder on the than anybody, everybody else. Cause I used to say, you know, this is a four, four class system, not a fourth, but a four class system. Mm-hmm. And so, um, how about when yeah. that cadet, I read, yeah. I read about that cadet, that you put that cadet in Sammy and he, and he, he didn't put himself in Sammy. He said, sir, I'm going to need some paperwork in order, in order for me to actually go forward and put myself in Sammy. Do you remember that in the book? No, no. Oh, in the book, uh, the way the book talks about it, it was like, so this cadet, whatever his name was, basically said, um, he went to the rule book and said, in order to be put in Sammy, you have to say, you have it and have to have it in writing. Oh. And you were like, oh, yeah. you shut the door, you you know, you, you're just you and, you and this cadet, and you said, I fucking own you, or something like that. I forget mm. how it went how it went down, mm. but, so. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's probably not it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and the things is that said that in the book, I would tell you that probably yeah, I, I did say everything sometimes was maybe a little bit out of context or didn't of tell course, the whole yeah, story. But yeah. no, but it's like a great book. I mean, no, no, that I'm not necessarily uh, proud of that, right? Um, because we don't know. Them. Um, yeah. You know, we were there to to um, take care of. You know, I, yeah. I made a, a promise to take care of uh, you know sons and daughters. You know, American sons and daughters. Yeah, yeah. Of course not. I would definitely, you know. But how about, yeah, the other thing is, you know, never close, never close the door. Be by yourself either. Yeah, <laughs> you always gotta have a witness. You always gotta have a witness. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, 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 yeah. I think, and I think that cadet also had issues, you know, mm-hmm. um, up, and you know, and so, um, yeah, so. Well, so I don't know how much time we got left on this thing. We but, got, you know, we got. This, 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 how much? Twenty minutes? Twenty more minutes? Twenty more minutes max? So, so this this cadet, right? You know, yeah. so I've got a, he's super smart, but he was flown under the, the radar. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, but I had, it's like, wait a minute, this guy's a double major. He's a physics and math double major. Wow. And he used to have a three, 3.6 GPA. Mm-hmm. And then he went to, um, to a 2.5 or 2.6, something like that. You know, it's like, this is crazy. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Usually, well, I, we don't I, understand the time. I was going to say, usually there's a woman involved or something like that, something like that, a relationship. <clears throat> no, um, yeah, uh, he, you know, he was not that guy. So, uh-huh. so what happened was that he had gotten a, a couple um, of uh, concussions. Mm. He got a concussion in boxing, mm-hmm. and he got a concussion in uh, pre-boxing, and then he got a concussion, you know, messing around. Remember, uh, like a like pillow fight? Yeah. And then somebody put like, uh, a, you know, one of those laundry bags and put some books in there and totally whacked them. Messed him up, right? Joe, Joe's so, looking at me. Hold, hold on, hold on a second. I gotta tell you, Joe, <laughs> Joe hears these stories. Joe, Joe you hears. Know. He's here. He's he heard the story about Terry Rice ripping his finger off of his. Yeah. He heard about Monique, Monique. driving 170 miles an hour. So he's just shaking his head like, wait a minute. Yeah. So yeah, literally, guys. Okay, these people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, I'm actually uh, thinking, what are you guys thinking, doing these things? What? I, uh, you know what? The, the, is it know. a phase you're going through? You're feeling invincible, or you, what, you, you can beat can, somebody over the head with a with a with a pillowcase I mean, full of books? That's yeah. just. I mean, I've, I've heard of a pillowcase full of doorknobs used in riots, but you know, and in prisons, but not. You know, well, this is a prison of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so, books. Thinking, right? You know, they're not really thinking. Yeah. Yeah. But look, they're they're college students, like right. anywhere else, and we have a higher expectations of cadets. You know, well, look, you, when, when, we, that's what we need leaders to to kind of guide them through when and you, make sense, help them make sense of their 
you know their their experience. You ever hear the phrase? You ever hear the 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 advice that's given? You use a phone book if you don't want to lose leave a bruise. Books are going to leave yeah. many bruises, and uh, yeah. you know yeah. uh, you think a of trauma. Like, uh, Tommy boy, that's yeah, gonna leave a mark. That's going to leave a mark. Exactly. That's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So anyway, so this guy, so he had some issues, right? And so he was having um, problems adjusting. And mm-hmm. so we were not, we we were still not really understanding, you know, traumatic brain injuries, you know, mm-hmm. TBI, you know, concussion. I mean, that's what he had. Mm-hmm. And he had a really high IQ. Mm-hmm. And so it was affecting him um, personally. Right. He, he was, you know, looking at things. And so, um, but, and so somehow, you know, so I was trying to, you know, get to know the cadets and that. And so then he, I find out that he's a hunter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, what do you hunt around here? You know, he's like, well, I have squirrels and stuff. Well, what kind of rifle do you have? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just leading him on, you know. And so, oh, yeah, interesting. Where do you go hunting at? You know? And I said, okay, well, where do you keep your weapons at? Oh, I keep them with my a friend of mine in Off Post and Highland Falls. I'm like, yeah, what's his name? And he's like, ah, oh, you know, I don't remember, you know. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know, this guy's super smart. And you know, so I said, Tim, you're, you're a really smart guy. You can tell me that, you know. So um, I, I didn't say he was lying to me at this point, right? So, mm-hmm. so um, I said, okay, I'll tell you what. But are you weapons? Um, registered on post. And he's like, looks at me like, uh, I was like, okay, I'll tell you what, you already violated the regulations. I bring in, you know, I register weapons on post. So I'll tell you what, I give it to tomorrow afternoon for you to go get them registered and show me that you got them, right? So, um, I was teaching, it was during, um, I was teaching the, the capstone leadership course during, um, I forget what we used to call it, uh, inter, 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 inter Intermission or whatever, I forget what we used to call intercession. it. Intercession. Intercession. Yeah, yeah, intercession, yeah. right? So, so um, I tried to call, and then he used to have a phone. So I was in the, my smile was in the first floor. He's in the sixth floor. I to, so I sent him an email, mm-hmm. and he responds back like, I am, I am, um, what was the word he used? Anyway, so he was, I was affecting his, you know, trying to take away his Second Amendment rights. I was like, this guy is crazy. So I said uh, to my attack and I tell you what, I am calling, I am going to go get, the, I got to teach this class, but I need you to go to the provost marshal and go talk to the garrison commander. And I need, I think we have probable cause that this guy has weapons in his car. That's mm-hmm. what I think he's got, mm-hmm. his car. And, um, you know, and so, so then we get the garrison commander signs off, this colonel signs off on, you know, the, the probable cause. And, and so they're like, yeah, but when you go, Come and get the MPs. Don't do it yourself. I said, no, mm-hmm. I'm not So, so I called the the, the, kid, the chain of command. I said, hey, listen, this is what we're gonna do. I want you to go up there and get Tim and go get Tim. So they bring Tim. I said, Tim, I believe I have reason to believe. I gave you a chance to you know take care of this, and you didn't do it. Uh, I have reason to believe that you have your weapons in the car, and so uh, your chain of command is gonna escort you back to your room, get your car keys, and we're gonna go go to your car. He's sure that won't be necessary. I'm like, what? He's like, no, I, I brought my keys with me. I, I, I kind of knew that this was all about. This was happening. This was going on. That's how smart he used to be, right? So, you know, so we found, you know, a couple of rifles and ammo. And, yeah. and what I didn't want him to be was like, you know, the guy that climbs up to the, the clock tower, dude, you know, and starts shooting at people. Because he was, you know, I'm, I'm, you know he was not uh, all there. Right. And so, yeah. So, and then, so now and then he had lied to me. So then I, you know, I... I put him in for, uh, you know, honor code violation. So then his parents drive to West Point 
and they, they get an argument. I, I was an argument. They were like, you know, they, you need to, my, my son is not a liar. You know, just, if you could just let this go, you know, he's, he's not doing so well, you know? And I was like, okay, wait, 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 wait. First of all, uh, you, I can't have two standards, you know what I'm saying? You know, right. if he's not doing so well, then he doesn't need to be at West Point. If he's doing well, then he needs to, you know, uh, meet the standards, mm-hmm. you know, keeping his room clean and you know, he wouldn't do all that stuff. So, so, um, yeah. So anyway, um, they wanted to go see that soup, like the open door policy and that like the, the packet had been in for a while that the, you know, so what we had found out was that, that, um, he did not meet the, the requirements for graduation mentally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he had all these issues. Right. But, the, 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 the soup had not made a, the call to pull the trigger. You mm-hmm. know? And I said, you know, just let him graduate, you know, and this, but not, don't commission him, mm-hmm. you know. And then and his parents go in there, and then all of a sudden, after the soup sees him, you know, then I get this, hey, the soup is sending the paper, and he wants this kid out, gone, like, by Friday, you know, like the next day, whatever. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay, great, okay. So, so I started walking in with him, and like, clearing, you know, clearing things. And he's dragging his feet, like literally he's like rocking really slow. Anyways, I take him to the library and he just starts, he just starts screaming. And, uh, I said, I'm not, I'll walk away. I said, well, we're going to go see the RTO, you know, the regiment tactical officer. We're going to go and, and take care of this. And he was not there, but he, he threw his Gatorade bottle at the, at the door. And he got this uh, guy for Mish at his door. And, um, and so I said, oh, I'm going to put him on, um, um, Pre, you know, pre-trial confinement. I'm just gonna, you know, and I said to my NGO, I said, just, just go in and have somebody watch him. And then I, um, you need to start doing inventory on TA-50. I can, I've, I've, um, I've, you know, cleared soldiers, you know, they've gone AWOL, mm-hmm. you know, before in a day. I'll, I'll, I'll walk all this paperwork around, around and do it myself. So I did, and he was gone. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I mean, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have gone that way if he would have kind of played along, you know. Um, That's so, a tough situation. You know, self-destructed. Yeah, he's self-destructed. You know, his parents mm-hmm. didn't help out either. Oh man. But to your so. point, to your earlier point, was that like at the end of the day, this is you know you, you're turning out leaders of the army, and so if you have somebody that's not doing well there, uh, how could you? How could you look yourself in the mirror and let that let, let the person end up in the army, right? So you did the right thing. I oh, think. that's right. Yeah. So you know, somebody said to me, another kid, another tax said to me, you know, Ralph, you know, you, you you're doing it wrong. I said, I'm, I'm doing what wrong? He's like, um, you you're spending a lot of time with the poor cadets. Yeah, that's right. He goes, no, no, no. I I I spend time with the best cadets, you know, and they you tell them and they they do great things. I said, yeah, well, yeah, because you, you feel great for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you're being validated. But, but you know, those guys are, you can put those guys, the top, you know, third or whatever, those guys are on autopilot. It's those guys that are, like, right under the, the, the radar that you've got to get them over, meet the standard, and be on the standard, right? Not, not just the minimal standard. So, yeah, so stuff. So that's why, you know. And so I had, the first year was tough because I got a couple of cadets that, you know, um, were thieves. And so I court-martialed them mm-hmm. and, and went through all that. And, uh, but then the second year, the cadets, saw, they, they all took, they policed themselves. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. And then after West Point, what was the next assignment that you did? Then, um, 
went to CGSE at uh, at Fort Benning. So there's uh, another garrison environment. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time you get back, you get back out to the army. It was like what four years of like garrison situation, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Because so um, yeah, because I did three year total years at West Point. One mm-hmm. as a as a, the um, yeah, that's right. Um, one as a in school and two as attack and then and then yeah, so four years. And, yeah. and when you left, when you left the, you know, the army, and not, you didn't leave the army, but when you, when you left to go to West Point, you were leaving, like, that was pre-9-11, then you went back into the, like, back into, you know, leading troops, and it's post-9-11, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, w- like, what was the, what was the, the, what was the feel, like, difference? Like, w- w- was there a difference, or was it just, um, you know, I mean, h- how was that, how was yeah, that experience? It was. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it was, and I'll tell you that um, because the late nineties, uh, if you remember, it was uh, very much we were just um, busy for the sake of being busy, and um, uh, we were just doing a lot of stuff. So after after you know just just doing training, sometimes maybe may not even made sense, but you were just doing a lot of stuff just to be busy because that's you know how that's what, that's the right. how it could be. And then, and then after September 11th, it was like uh, we were more focused as an army on the things that we needed to do, you know, um, not stupid shit, you know, that, you know, to make yourself look good or whatever, you know. And um, so it was, it was good. Yeah. I, I, I had, it, was, it was much better. I had the experience, focus. I had the experience of being a civilian and then going back in after 9-11 as a, you know, like into the wartime army. And it was it was a whole different feel. It was like you know, like when I left, it was a party, right? I was you know, it was like it was great. And then like you know, we just and then I then I then I left. I was, became a civilian, and I got mobilized. Like wow, this is like it's a whole different feel, you know. So I wonder if it it probably and we've we've had that kind of we've had that feel. We've had that kind of like uh, trajectory and and. Uh, and that composure uh, ever since, I think, and like it's always tensed up. I don't know if there's. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't experienced it. Like, but like the whole, you know, hailing farewells and all that kind of stuff that you do. Like, does it, did it ever like return to that level of like? Um, was the tension ever released, or is it still you know pretty pretty wound up? No, I mean, the tension's released. I think, you know, it, it just depends on the leadership, right? You know, um, mm-hmm. but you were more focused on the things that you needed to do to train. And then, you know, if you were smart about it, you know, you knew also at the same time that you were taking people away from the families for such a long time, you mm-hmm. know, training to go to war um, and then going to war and everything else and then come back. And uh, so you try to, um, you know, try to uh, do it better, you know. Mm-hmm. And we, we did. We, we did have some... Um, because you got there's so, there's certain traditions you got to maintain because it's part of you know and you know you, it's about having a balance right that too uh, I've been in units that where the balance is completely you know uh, that uh, yeah we were very well trained but the morale sucked mm-hmm. and so and so you just got to be able to <clears throat> balance things like anything in life I mean that's you know that's that's kind of the main thing it's not just for the military just like anything in life you just have a good good uh, work life balance yeah. So now, speaking of work-life balance, kind of coming full circle, you know, you've, you you transitioned, what year was it, 2016 you got out? 2017. 2017. 2017. Last August, yeah. Last August. Okay. So it's a little over a year now. And uh, you're, um, 
you know, you go to soccer games, you got, you know, you guys are in a probably a whole different world. You, you have like kind of imposter syndrome sometimes. You're like, uh, like can't believe it, that, that, uh, you know, this is the situation or like, uh, how does that feel? Cause I know that like transition is like a, a very big thing, especially for someone who's had a career like, like yourself. Like what, what, what yeah. are you feeling? I'll tell you that I am, I am extremely grateful. Two things. Uh, one that I have TRICARE, right? TRICARE is so, um, you know, it's so cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have that as a, re- as a retiree, to have healthcare uh, that inexpensive for the family, and the other ones have time with my kids. But now that I can, I can really enjoy my kids. So seven and nine, and so I wake up in the morning, I make breakfast. You know, mm-hmm. I do different things every day. You know, oatmeal, eggs, French toast, pancakes, whatever. You know, different things, and then they get on the bus. They get in the morning. So you know, so. Um, uh, so, you know, they, they try to eat at school, but they, you know, so it's not very good. So I, whatever I can feed them and before they go, less stuff that they'll take at. So then and able to um, take them to practices, you know, pick them up from the bus stop and, and things like that. So that's, you know, just spending time and, and, and try to, like, have, you know, play games and, and, and those those things, you know. Um, those are the things, you know, that I enjoy, like, this summer just – uh, playing baseball with my youngest, Jesse. he likes baseball, and my oldest likes soccer. So mm-hmm. <laughs> those are the, the two things, you know, just, uh, um, just uh, really trying to enjoy the kids. Well, let me tell you, my wow. friend, you earned it. You, 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 you earned it. You know, our our motto as a class duty shall be done. There's <laughs> many of us who have um, shouldered more than their fair share of the task, and you certainly are one of those people, and I'm very grateful uh, for that, for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I try to, uh, I, I, like before I go to bed every night, I just, I think about like somewhere out there is, you know, a classmate, a former soldier, a friend, whatever, somebody that's basically out there in the frontier of freedom. And for that, I'm very grateful. And I know, I know you've been out there many, many times and, um, you're just a tremendous asset to, to our country and to the army and to our class. And I'm, you know, so grateful to be able to call you a, a friend and a classmate. So thank you for everything. Um, hey, thanks my friend. I appreciate it. the sentiments mutual. And, uh, but I think, you know, I, I have, I think when we get out, we have a harder task because we've got to, in my opinion, and you tell people that get out, you know, it's like now you have, you got to figure out how to stay engaged, mm-hmm. not necessarily with the army, term, but like with the, the people that you served before, right? You know how to. Mm-hmm. But don't just be the guy that, that that doesn't read the news, that doesn't vote, that doesn't. You know, you how do you become engaged? Mm-hmm. And how can we do make continue to make a difference? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so it's, it's. I think sometimes in this way, sometimes it's harder because you don't know how to do it, or you know, you get on and life takes over, right? You know, and you know, and we said, oh well, I just I served, and I know that's not everybody that says that, you know. But uh, how do we continue to serve and continue to be? you know, an inspiration for others to join us because we need everybody, you know, all hands on deck to, um, um, because we, we're, we're, we benefit from the privileges and, and, you know, and benefits of what a great country that we live in. You know, I think that's, that's a great note to end on here, but I just want to also say too, like I was thinking about, my kids are talking about this too. Like all you guys do is you talk about the old days, like back, you know, back, like you know, go, this pig roast, you know, we're at and like, you know, talk about this, but, but you know, so much more of the conversation is about what we are going to do, not what we have done, you know, making our future greater than our past, you know? And so for, for those of us that are transitioned out of the military and, 
you know, looking at that next step. I mean, every day can be greater and greater. And, uh, you know, we're all at or around 50 years old, you know, and we should be living to 100. So we're just about just about at the halfway point right now. You know, there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of years in front of us to be able to continue to uh, serve our country, continue the mission and, and duty shall be done. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jamie, I, and Joe, I will, I will, I will definitely, I would, uh, would, I would get in a, in a rabbit hole with you guys. <laughs> nah, I don't know he if gets the... Maybe I'll take you into the rabbit hole. I'll take you into the rabbit hole. <laughs> if I was ever in a rabbit hole, I would be with you, Ralph. Have, absolutely. Rabbit the rabbit hole. I couldn't fit in a rabbit hole. So. <laughs> yeah. Six foot four, not a, you know, big guy, not, not yeah. ideal for the rabbit hole. <laughs> All right. Hey, rabbit, Ralph. Rabbit thank you so much, man. Is 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 well, delightful talking to you. It's good times. I'll I'll talk to you. Talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Right. Thanks for both. Duty, of you. duty shall be done. All right. Bye bye. Have a great evening, Ralph. Thanks for calling in tonight and being on the old grad podcast. Duty shall be done. Jamie, your next show is when? Next show is going to be uh, on November eighteenth, and that's going to be with Becky Canis Margiata. And then we have another show on the twenty fifth with Ted Ross, who's the author of Spirit Mission. And so uh, those are going to be back to back. And then uh, December 2nd is going to be the next one. Uh, that's going to be on location with uh, Brigadier General Amuso George. Those those are our next three. Okay. Anything else you want to add uh, as we close out the uh, podcast tonight? No, just, uh, well, other other than the fact that we got Air Force in our, in our rearview mirror. And uh, it's all about beat Navy now. So beat Navy. And you can go to podbean.com. And people can find the podcast by searching Old Grad Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast. Please check back on this Facebook page for information about featured guests and upcoming episodes of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast.